Welcome to another episode of our Making History Parenting Podcast. We want to make his story, God's story, come alive in the hearts of your family. My name is Chase Baker. With me, co-host Jennifer Akers. Hi. And here we are with our third week of this current series that we're in, Biblical Families. Right. And again, we have Nick Allen. Hey, everybody. Who's with us today, our thank campus you. pastor at Nashville location and Bible scholar. So thank you so much for <laughs> <Geek>. being here <laughs> today. So today is a continuation of this series. Today we're looking at Rebecca and Jacob. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into the text. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be great. Let's All do right, it. Let's do it. So we're going to be in Genesis. We're going to be in chapter 25. And I'm going to just, as we do this, I'm going to read some passages, some scriptures, and then we're going to pause and just talk throughout throughout as we go through. So let's start at verse 19. And this is generation. And we're going from generation yep. to generation. Yeah, we're really so still in the same family. Yep, same yeah. family. Right at the beginning. So okay. okay. These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, is that right, Nick? Aramean. Aramean of Paddan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. This is kind of a cool thing when you think about it in the moment, because this is, um, there were no ultrasounds. I asked Mm -hmm. my mom this one time, um, and I'm 43. I asked, did you have an opportunity to have an ultrasound before we were born to determine the gender of mm-hmm. you know your kids for my sister and I and she said it existed and other people had it but it wasn't available to everybody it really had to be a problem pregnancy like something had to be going on for them to even do it so she didn't have ultrasounds with us that wasn't a technology that was available so they just had to wait till the birthday and have the doctor pronounce it's a boy mm-hmm. and I think that's so cool but you have these moments in scripture where, where God is prescribing you know you're gonna have a son and you're gonna name him mm, Isaac yeah so they got to know in advance which I think is kind of cool yeah. and in this moment it, the ultrasound I didn't have this happen you guys didn't have this happen it's twins you know mm-hmm. the multiple scary moment two and boys yeah it's kind of a fun thing so yeah two boys are growing inside of her and she gets to know that in advance and don't miss I think the thing that's really important at the beginning is you know here's Isaac 40 years old has a wife he wants her to have kids um, kids were a symbol of um, prosperity. It's the way that your family line continued. It's the way that your your land was managed and your resources were allocated. But it was also, it was a religious symbol. It was mm-hmm. a symbol of God's prosperity in your life and mm-hmm. his blessings before you. And it was um, a treasure to be had. And so this theme of barrenness, I mean, starting back with Sarah, like it just keeps recurring over and over and over again. And it just continues to remind us, I think the reader, these children are a gift from God. You know, when there's all sorts of modern applications these days, you know, to make sure that you can expand or grow your family. Um, but in this moment, you know, their recourse was we need the Lord to intervene. We need him to provide children. And that's, you know, children are a gift from the Lord. Scripture says that. And so this is a fun moment when, yeah, they get to know it's twins, but it's it's still that recurring theme that's present over and over again. People are barren. They rely on God. He provides a family. Mm-hmm. So they get that. Uh, they can Blessing. ask for those monogram, you know, 
Blue. Oh, yeah. They get blue. They could ask for that in their Gotta have the baby showers. And Gotta name your kid in advance so people can get kid in advance. But what a big deal. Personalized That's a, Talk about the magnitude of that statement. Two nations hmm. are in your womb. Yeah, this is bigger than you. And mm-hmm. I think we don't think that. Like, we look at our kids that are coming to us and we're like, okay, this is, this is the expansion of my family. This is my legacy. This is our, um, our home and our life that we're going to know. This is a story that's bigger than you. And we ought to approach all of our kids like that. You, yeah. know, you know, God blesses you with a son or a daughter or that's multiples. Good. You ought to approach that. You know, the top of the funnel, the, the widest possible story. This is bigger than we are. And I think that's kind of a, at mm-hmm. least a cool thing on the outset. Yeah. Well, let's move on to verse 24. So when her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak. So they called his name Esau. I know. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebecca loved Jacob. First of all, this bear of a boy. Bear. Coming, I looked at the definition of the word cloak, and I was like, I'm curious. What does that actually mean? Okay, an outdoor overgarment, typically sleeveless, that hangs loosely from the shoulders. This kid is so hairy. It wow. looks like clothes. It looks like clothes. <laughs> it looks like coat. it's hanging loosely. That's how This is how the perfect story for hairy. middle school boys Bible study. <laughs> they would get so excited. He's a hairy man. And uh, but you do look at this and you're like, "Okay, this is this is my family." I mean, obviously I don't have twins, but you can have siblings, same parents, same lineage, same genetics, same heritage, and them just come out completely different. Sure. They don't even look related and they don't have the same interests and they don't have the same demeanors or personalities mm-hmm. and that's you know that's an illustration of god's creativity really um, but it's yeah. it's also evidence of just the way that he's got a plan in the world too for mm-hmm. how things are going to work out you know right from the beginning and so i think it's neat i think a lot of our families are like that um mine is for sure where you've got kids that are just the kids are just so different they're just different temperament yeah. behavior interests um it's probably a bad idea to go out and you know profile um the, the recommendation is to not enneagram your children you know yeah, to, yeah. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna oh this my child's a four and you don't know that yet mm-hmm. and so but i think a lot of us are looking at our kids like they are so different um so just because you have one type of child one type of personality one level of interest that that may not yeah and i feel like i'll have two girls um kit and ellis kit is five and i can tell like she's our tiny dancer like she is <laughs> she loves dance she's going to dance she loves musical theater jennifer yes. you love musical theater she that's her but then our 10 month old i can just tell she's gonna be ufc fighter so i just <laughs> i just feel the case i just feel like it man she's, that into her life. but she might be who knows <laughs> Oh my goodness. No, what kids about, can be different, yeah. What what about what is happening right here that we see with Jacob and Es or Jacob and, and Esau and their relationships with their parents? What do we well, see with that? It says in verse twenty eight that Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. And, and I'm sitting there, okay, there's a connection here. And I think I think we have to say that there's a difference between favoritism and connection. Mm. I mean, I think I, I think right now in this story we're seeing the picture of favoritism play itself out. Um, but I think as parents, you know, I think, you know, kids will ask you, oh, dad, who's your favorite? Or, you know, people will lean in. Hey, do you have a favorite kid? And obviously the answer to that is no. The youngest. But it is okay. Sorry. The youngest. Sorry. <laughs> You're the youngest. That might be me. <laughs> I think that the, the answer to that really is it does lie in the fact it's okay to have a connection with your kids and to acknowledge that and to say, you know, if you're a dad and, you know, you played 
high school baseball and you have a son that's excelling in little league, you're, that's a natural connection. Um, but what happens when you have a child that is excelling or interested in something that you're not good at or you're not interested in? I mean, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you lean into that? It can appear um, that the time that you spend and the investment that you make in that common interest, it, it can manifest itself as kind of a favoritism mm-hmm. moment. And you want to be really careful of that. Mm-hmm. But it's okay just to sit back and acknowledge the connection. Hey, your brother and I have this in common or your sister and I have this in common. And I have this in common with you instead. So I think it's good to acknowledge those things and obviously lean into them because it can create good family moments. Um, but I love the line specifically, Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. Mm-hmm. There was there was some kind of reciprocal nation, nature to that relationship. Um, but Rebecca loved Jacob. And I think, you know, historically and theologically, we can go a lot of routes with that because what was the prophecy? Um, it was that the younger would subdue the older. Um, the younger would be stronger. Um, and, and so this is, is she just, by nature of her leaning into Jacob, is she just helping fulfill that prophecy? Mm. Is she just leaning into the plan that God had already told her? Yeah. Or is there some sort of special nature to their Connection, relationship? He right. was quiet, stayed inside. I mean, is there just a, a time spent together that was different there? Um, but yeah, lean into the connections you have with your kids. That, that makes a difference. They can be different, but it's important to highlight the things that you have in common with them. Yeah. Well, do you want to fast forward to chapter 27? Oh yeah. Okay. So let's look at verse, let's start at verse five in chapter 27. Now, Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. There's a, I think we sometimes get confused because there's a, I don't know if this is an okay moment to lean into. Um, what's going on here is Isaac is old, he's going to die, and there's there's something that's going to be passed on to the boys. Um, and there's a, there's a birthright and there's a blessing. Um, and they both have to do with, you know, a position in the family. Um, but the, the birthright really belongs to the firstborn son. Mm-hmm. He's going to inherit the leadership of the family. He's going to have... Um, judicial authority. Um, he's going to literally occupy Isaac's seat as the patriarch in this moment. And um, there's a part of Deuteronomy in their practice later on when the law came that talks about how that firstborn gets a double portion of the paternal inheritance. Um, and to completely oversimplify it, it would be almost as if Isaac's lot is divided three ways. And Esau, the elder, would get two portions and Jacob would get a single portion. It wouldn't just be this 50-50 split between two boys. It would be kind of you would get an extra portion, however the family estate had to be divided. And so that birthright um, is a big moment. Well, you know, Esau had already traded that for a bowl right, of soup. Right, And uh, his appetite comes in. He's hungry from a day and Jacob's making some soup and he's like, well, I'll give you some soup if you trade me your birthright. And this, how much do you have to hate your family and hate the responsibility and want to shirk what's going on to give up what's this incredible, incredible blessing, position yeah. and blessing yeah. and honor for something to eat that day? That's that's a whole kind of tragic story. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another podcast. Yeah, history was changed by a bowl of soup. It really was. It's soup instead season, the, though, like it, good soups. And I've heard, you know, instead of the father of Abraham, because you hear that, father of Abraham, father of Isaac, and the father of Jacob, 
it really should have been Esau, oh, Father Esau. Yeah, technically in this moment, and he he gave that up, mm-hmm. and uh, and really just and, and disrespected what that tradition and what that pattern was in the moment. Um, but the blessing was different. The blessing was a pronouncement of um, really prophecy, like the father would pronounce a blessing over his children, and this is this is what my hopes and my dreams and my my faith is being passed to you. It's not just um, the family's financial resources. Now it's the faith legacy that's going. And, you know, as dads, we want to, I mean, obviously I want to leave my children an inheritance. I want to leave them, you know, in a, in a better position than what we think is possible. But more than that, there's a blessing that goes along mm-hmm. with being our kid. And, mm-hmm. and we want that to be communicated. And that's the faith legacy. Um, and so now in this moment, what's happening is Rebecca, she's eavesdropping at the door. And this is not just her knowing what God's plan sneaky. is all along. This is her being <laughs> sneaky and yeah. deceptive. And we see that as a pattern. Sarah kind of did the same thing. You know, God had promised, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to give you a son. And she's like, this isn't happening according to my timeline. So you need to hang out with Hagar. You know, and that's a, not necessarily the, the right path. And here she is going, well, we've got to get this show on the road. Let me, Isaac's about to die. He's old. He can't see anymore. So I'm going to help you get the blessing to mm-hmm. go along with the birthright. And so she's being pretty deceptive in this moment. So let's look at what happens then in verse 11. We'll just keep going. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man and I am a smooth man. man. <laughs> just leave him alone. I know. I'm He's going to have a complex. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, mm. her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck, and she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. I mean, this is a very well-orchestrated lie. quite a plan. Yeah. It's unfolding right before us. Mm-hmm. And, and clearly there's a lot of deception that's taking place. Um, and it's, you know, it's deception that's accomplishing God's plan mm-hmm. from the very beginning to, yeah. to see Jacob be the brother that continues this particular family line, that God's chosen people. Um, that really is a different podcast for a different day. Like just the idea of wrestling with what's going on in this moment and how God allows that gosh, act yeah. of treachery to be the thing that he uses to accomplish mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. ultimate purpose. Um, but maybe we want to zero back in on the favoritism for a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do think it is a recurring theme. Um, and I think all of us, we probably all need therapy. Um, and it's really good for <laughs> Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Mean, it's good. Let's, let's it highlight is good. It is good. the benefit of counseling and diving into That's your history, absolutely. your story, your family origin. Um, I think we do on our even on our best days, we see evidence of the patterns in our life that were mm-hmm. instilled in us and developed in us. And, and you do some things like, oh, I don't want to do this like my dad did. But then you end up saying the exact same thing. Yeah. I think we all repeat some of those patterns. And we'll see this pattern repeated again. And I think that's important to know that this idea of favoritism, it did establish a family pattern true, that was president, yeah. the, the president, president, <laughs> present. Mm-hmm. The, the rest of the entire book of Genesis, the whole patriarchal family of our faith, the, you know, 15 more chapters are all unfolding because of favoritism in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Do you want to look at chapter 37 real quick? Yeah. So we so. were in 27. Let's, let's head to 37 and just hit a few verses there. So Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. 
This is the account of Jacob's family line, just what you were talking about, this family line. So we have Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of, all right, help me, Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah. Yeah. I'm just going to go so out on a limb. Well, <laughs> it's that app. You listen to the We Bible need to app. listen to the spelling, I mean, the pronunciation again. His father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because... People may not know that at mm-hmm. this point that Israel, Israel is now Jacob. Yes. Yeah. His name has been changed. Mm-hmm. So Israel or Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that his father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Yeah. There's, I mean, obviously we're skipping over giant passages of scripture and parts of the story. Jacob... He grows up, his mother, because Esau is now trying to kill him. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's created just this enmity between the boys. And if if you want to talk about the idea of favoritism in the family and what you have to be careful of, um, it's that those connections that you easily have, those things that give you a commonality with one child over another child, those can so easily create jealousy. Those can so easily create competition. Um, We just got a new puppy. It's crazy. Did I, did I tell you guys oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, look on Instagram. She's, She's a cutie. <laughs> um, she has her own Instagram So we have account. this six-year-old golden doodle and now this, you know, ten, nine or ten-month-old golden doodle. And I asked my aunt, who's always been our go-to in terms of dogs and raising puppies in particular, and I said, you know, what do we do about the fact that they're kind of fighting and that Sonny, the older dog, doesn't necessarily always want Maisie, the younger dog, around? She said, you need to put them in a position where they're just alone without you guys because as long as you're around as long as you're in the yard with them or in the room with them there's going to be competition hmm. and i was like okie doke right there and that's i think you look at your kids and like yeah, is there absolutely. is there competition going on in the home for your attention and your affection yeah. and left alone they're probably just going to figure it out but i was i don't know i don't know if that's parenting wisdom or if it's just helping us raise our dogs better but it's the idea of competition our favoritism and our connections can easily create competition and so that's where it's good to just be aware of it and and center in on it and so obviously then there's competition there's hatred there's animosity between esau and jacob and so rebecca tells him you know you've got to flee because your brother's going to kill you um there's a whole lot of murder in just the first Mm -hmm. book of the bible yes (laughs) within family (laughs) uh and so he goes to live with her brother laban who we just you know Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier in the story um so that he can help jacob find a wife and what happens laban tricks jacob Mm -hmm into marrying the older sister when Jacob's heart and affection are for the younger sister. Mm. And so it's a pattern. There's a a pattern. pattern. There's always a pattern. There's a pattern of barrenness. There's a pattern of deception. There's a a pattern of favoritism that's kind of present in the life of these families. And, you know, to me, apologetically, that's one of the reasons that makes the Bible so accurate and so Mm. trustworthy is that it doesn't shy away from telling you the bad parts. It's not just trying to paint us a rosy picture of perfection to attain to. It's, it's given us all the warts, um, and so he goes down and he, he's living with his uncle. He wants to marry Rachel. You know, he finds her to be really pretty. And it's kind of the same story with like, here's this hairy dude and mm-hmm. here's this smooth guy. Here's this pretty sister and here's this not so pretty sister. Mm-hmm. It's like, Bible says, I think she has her weak eyes. Were weak, weak eyes. I and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, how sad, you know? <laughs> and so uh, he, tricks, he tricks Jacob into taking them both as wives. Um, and God honors and blesses Leah and she's immediately able to have kids mm-hmm. and starts bearing sons. Um, and yet Rachel, the mm-hmm. sister that he loved, is barren. And so you have that pattern repeated. 
Um, God hears her prayers, opens her womb. She has a kid, and it's Joseph, who's now the favorite. Um, and it's that same pattern, you know, that Jacob had experienced, even at the hand of his own father. Um, Esau is dad's favorite. Esau is dad's chosen. I've got to fight for what I get. I've got to even go far as being deceptive or rebellious in order to get what I want. Um, and now he's doing the same thing for his own kids. Mm. And so maybe we yeah. all would do yeah. well to look at our own family patterns and say, hey, these yeah. are the things that were established for me. These are the behaviors that I don't want to repeat. Um, and I think that's it. I think for anybody listening, I, they're probably thinking about those patterns in their own their yeah. own uh, parenting. So how do you break those patterns? You know, how do you get to the point? Because uh, I think also if you look throughout Scripture, um, there's a obviously a, a big pattern that was broken in, in and through Jesus, um, patterning of sin and being rescued from sin. But even in the our, our just simple parenting of favoritism and those kind of things, how do you break that pattern? You know, you have uh, two girls and one son. You have two girls and one son. We're the same. We're the same family. We're the yeah. same. Yeah, same family. And so um, I guess how do you, can you break that pattern of favoritism or, or them feeling like, oh man, you know, there's probably has been thoughts with our kids of, do they favor them over me and those kind of things? How do you break this pattern? Do we recognize it? That's the first do step. You recognize that? I That's think good. you don't, you don't break it if you don't first acknowledge yeah. it. Um, and that goes to anything in our lives. I mean, we look at the patterns that we're raised with. We look at the, 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 the pictures of sin in our own life. You don't, you don't repent from something that you don't think is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't, work through something that you're not willing to acknowledge um, and then something that you're not willing to work through. And so I think that is when, I mean, you look at your, your family, your history, your pattern, and, and some of that we can flesh out just with prayer and Bible study. <laughs> I love that, um, you know, Jesus talking about casting out demons. Some of them, you got to add a little bit more to it than that. You know, you gotta, this one's only about prayer and fasting. Like mm-hmm. there's something extra. I think we can look at that. We can say, okay, some of the patterns in our lives, some of the things that have been established, particularly things that were um, abusive or um, really, really hurtful, I think you have to meet those things head on. Um, and that's done with the help of wise counsel and sometimes a counselor. And so mm-hmm. don't be afraid of that. Just acknowledge it and say, hey, I need this. I need to unpack this. Um, and that might be so far as to going through some really intense therapy, or it might just be some seasons of conversations that you have with um, a trusted professional. Um, so don't be afraid of that mm. uh, because it's intentional and it's important. Um, so yeah, just one acknowledging of, it and being willing to work through it. I think one of the words of wisdom that was given to, to me one time was uh, uh, learn your kids, uh, be study your, your kids, be student. discover, be student of your kids. And so I, th- I think that's another thing that I think we as parents, it's easy to lean towards one thing that we enjoy and we, we love doing. Um, but we have a, maybe another child, like you were saying before, that it's just different and they don't like those things and they don't want to do those things. And so how am I discovering who they are and being a student of them? Yeah. Yeah. It's the time that you spend. I think a lot of times we look at quality time as a love language and we say that that's really important. And and I, I go back and forth on those. I think that we probably all do have like research suggests one type of love or one type of affection that we lean into the most. Um, but I want all five. It's holistic. I mean, I want those yeah. nice gifts. I want those encouraging yeah. words. I want that quality time, the physical touch, like, and our kids do too. Mm-hmm. And so while one may be more important than the others, you need them all. Um, and time is, we, I think we always, somebody said this, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there will be natural connections that you have with your kids or with one of your kids more than the others. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that just means you got to spend more time in the other area, yeah. figuring out what those interests are and diving into that because connections are one thing, but favoritism is another. And communication is always the burden of the sender, not the receiver. Um, if our child or our children are interpreting the time spent or the investment made with a sibling as being a sign of greater affection or favoritism, then it's up to yes. us mm-hmm. to communicate better and to communicate differently. Yeah. And so, um, not them interpreting it better. It's up to us to communicate it better. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, is there to wrap this up? Do we have any big takeaways from our our time in with Rebecca and Jacob? Gosh, I think that I mean just the fact that there's a pattern. There's a biblically established pattern, and and to also not underestimate it. Um, I think there is competition between our kids. There's probably a sibling rivalry at times that we can really look at and say, well, this isn't that big of a deal. Um, but the entire rest of the Genesis story and ultimately the enslavement of a whole mm-hmm. nation of people. I mean, it, it all kind of resulted in this one family breakdown. Yeah. And obviously God had a plan for that. Joseph says it at the end, you know, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. So clearly there's so much redemption that happens. Um, but you got to think if he, as a dad, had had a better handle on this family situation, um, could at least their immediate lives have been a little bit different. And I think mm-hmm. that for us, um, I think there is a, a, a natural hope and prayer that our, our children outlive us, right? Like we, we want them to be mm-hmm. here when we're gone. None mm-hmm. of us want to walk through the pain of, and we've seen that happen in mm-hmm. the lives of people that we love, people who've lost a child. Devastating. And so I want my children to outlive me. But that also means that one day they're going to lose me. And who are they going to have? Each other. Right. And so we want them to have the best relationships possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so whatever we have to take to communicate that and to keep that trajectory, to eliminate that competition and just create meaningful connections, is it's important. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Perfect, man. Thank you so much for this this episode. And um, stay tuned for our next episode where we're going to take a look at Hannah and Samuel. So. Mm -hmm. You're fast-forwarding in the Bible. Pretty We're good chunk, fast-forwarding. Which is fun. Yeah, it's exciting. So we hope you enjoyed this, these episodes, these biblical family episodes, and we hope that it helps you uh, in your parenting journey. 